You're listening to Theo Live, a live YouTube stream podcast hosted by me, Dean Lentini. Every week, I try to give you biblical theology for normal people. If you're interested in hopping into the conversation, you can catch us live every Monday on my YouTube channel. Link in the show notes. Now let's get into it. Hey, welcome to Theo Live, episode 35. Every time I'm surprised by the number when I like type it in, I'm like episode 35. Whoa, I've done this a lot of Mondays. Uh, It's pretty cool. Uh, I'm really thankful that you guys continue to watch these things today. I'm probably going to be saying things that not everyone is going to agree with. And hey, you know what? I know that I'm in the minority. I'm just showing my cards real early because I've got short sleeves on today, so can't really hide them up my sleeve today. So I'm just going to show my cards and tell you I'm not a fan of guns. (laughs) I'm just not. And uh, my theological position when it comes to guns is probably a unique position. It's not something that a lot of people agree with, but I want to know why you agree or disagree with me today. Um, I want to be able to have this conversation about gun control, about what uh, Christians should be considering when they're thinking about, should I possess this kind of a weapon? Um, Now, again, uh, I'm sure that not everyone's going to agree with me. And so that is okay. I will just ask that if you disagree, do it nicely do it kindly. Don't forget the, the fruits of the spirit as you disagree with me. Um, but let's, let's actually consider what the Bible says first. That's where I want us to be able to focus on today is focusing on biblical principles and how we can apply it to a firearm that we don't see in the canon of scripture, right? Like we don't have, you're not going to find, I don't even know a gun maker. I'm showing showing my ignorance right now. Um, I will also say I'm not an expert. Okay. I'm, I'm a theologian. I'm not a politician. Uh, so like I was even kind of like, I don't know if I should be talking about this because well, I'm just not one of those people that like goes deep into like every instance and every statistic. And, you know, I'm not like some kind of a lobbyist on either side. Uh, but I am a, Christian who tries to think critically about what I see in culture and tries to line it up with what I see in scripture and, you know, try to dictate how I live that way. And then when, you know, once again, we have another school shooting in the United States, uh, and, uh, I, I feel like I'm always saying this, but if you're a little confused, like you hear me talk about Canada and, you know, I got the Raptors hat over there. Uh, I'm a transplant. Okay. So I live in Canada, uh, but I grew up in the United States. I moved here about five years ago. Um, so I'm from the United States, actually Celie, who's hopping in saying I'm a gun owner. Um, uh, she's from Washington and that's where I'm from too. Um, but, uh, that's, that's where I grew up. So I, I know that, that, that feeling that every American has when they see something like this. And I want to be clear right off the bat, even though I'm going to ask some, maybe some difficult questions for those who might be owners of guns and might not be. um, I understand that all of us, you know, when we see something like this, it's, it's horrific for all of us. And I don't think that there is anyone who is apathetic uh, or at least any good-hearted person that is apathetic when, when they see these things. And there's a problem that's happening in our culture that if you agree with me, then, oh, you must have a sincere, empathetic heart. And if you disagree with me, it means that you hate everyone and want everyone to die. Like, that's, that's just kind of the culture that we're in. And I want to be clear as I move forward in this conversation as we look at scriptures today, Uh, I want to be clear that I understand that, you know, people who would be closer aligned to what I'm going to proposition today, um, uh, that they're, they have a heart for those, those children. Um, they have a heart for those who, uh, have had family members, uh, killed. 
needlessly killed. They have a heart for them. And, and those who would be on the opposing side and maybe even be, uh, you know, big proponents uh, of the right to bear arms in the Second Amendment, that I understand that at least the, the vast majority of everyone who's in this conversation uh, really genuinely cares about what happens when it comes to these school shootings. Um, now, I also want to say that as we move forward in this, um, if you have had those kinds of traumatic things happen to you, then maybe this isn't the best dream to be watching today. Um, you know, especially when it comes to like in the United States, it's Memorial Day. And there's a lot of veterans who uh, have all kinds of PTSD. And uh, so maybe this isn't the best conversation for them either. Uh, but I want to I want you all to understand that I I'm not saying anything about the hearts of people uh, on different sides of this issue. I'm just trying to say, like, this is really what I think about it. And the reason why I want to talk about it is not because I'm a politician that likes to talk about politics and what the world is doing. And I don't even make videos about cultural things, usually. Um, I've done that before, and I've taken some videos down because yeah, I just don't want to be that guy. At least for me, that's just, it, I feel icky when I'm just talking about the world and how bad they stink. Um, so I don't like to make these kinds of videos, but uh, I see a lot of Christians getting involved in the conversation. And so I wanna talk to th those people, Christians. That's, that's my audience. I'm talking to Christians about whether we should bear arms or not. Uh, and you know, what can be done what, what are some of the things that we need to be thinking through? And I will say that if you do own a gun, and if you haven't thought these things through, uh, you really need to seriously consider uh, some of these scripture passages and some of these attitudes that we have um, and, and ask, just honestly look yourself in the mirror and say, like, is this something that I need to really think about a little bit more before, you know, I continue to own this weapon or use this weapon, all those kinds of things. So, uh, like I said, though, I'm sure I'm going to be in the minority today. So be nice to me in the chat. Um, like John, John, I, I saw you drop the video today. So people should go and check that out after the stream. I'm a gun owner, but don't see the need for assault rifles and the like. So a big distinction there. So he owns a gun, um, but he doesn't see like some of these things i'm assuming like the typical weapon that's talked about is that ar-15 things like that uh Seeley, many of the rifles that people are all up in arms about are typically used for pest control target shooting hunting and home defense we will definitely get into that uh michael uh, i'm not a fan either uh, but i think everyone should have a right to have one if they choose to also i don't watch the news so maybe i don't know the whole story but why didn't cops security uh, do anything to stop the shooter in texas boy is that a question um i'll just i'll just say my my view about that right off the bat um at least from what i've seen and i don't say that this is typical of any like this is not like the norm of any police department. Um, but when you read uh, just these accounts and it's heartbreaking of children calling the police asking for help and they just didn't go in, they were waiting for backup. At least that's what I, I read. I could be wrong on that. We'll see in time once more reports come out. Um, but that that's pretty horrific. Um, any Anyone who would have waited for backup while children are being shot in a school um, just picked off without any ability to defend themselves. Uh, they should be fired and, uh, they're cowards. And, but, uh, again, I don't think that's typical of police departments and their responses, but that specific occurrence, at least from the reports that I read, um, they did not do their job. Uh, Seeley, as a single woman, I want to be able to defend myself against someone who might desire to harm me or others. That's an interesting um, aspect of this. Someone who is single and maybe doesn't have, um, you know, someone there to help them or to to fight for them. 
that's that's an interesting part of this. We'll talk about it. Uh, James, guns are an idol in today's America. Idolatry is a sin that will keep you out of heaven. If I can't own a hand grenade or bomb, why should I have an AK-47? So that last part is a very interesting part of this conversation as well. It, like how far is too far when it comes to these weapons and should there be some kind of limitation when it comes to self-defense? Um, Brandon hopping in. How's it going, man? Uh, I'm a gun owner. Okay. So we're just outing everyone. <laughs> I guess. I don't know if this is the right way to do this in a stream. <laughs> just be, all right, well, we know this person has a gun. This person has a gun. Um, but yeah, uh, the NRA banned all guns from their convention. I thought, why? Isn't more guns make us safer? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yes. Uh, I hope I don't have to use my gun against someone else. I, I respect that. And I think a lot of people have that same thought. Those who do own guns, uh, for those who are huge second amendment proponents, they probably need to start learning how to hack, uh, cause it was originally intended to protect against government. I don't have a jet, but I do have a computer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, uh, the way that we defend ourselves is beginning to change. Um, and Celia, I appreciate you saying that. I'm okay with sharing. If you're going to be in the chat, uh, I'm, I might share it. So be careful of what you say if you don't want it to be shared. But I appreciate you saying that. All right. So I'm, I'm, already, I'm already feeling like I'm in the minority when it comes to this conversation, which is absolutely fine because everywhere I've gone, <laughs> I've always been in the minority. I'm used to it. But if you like me, how about that? I'm going to do that today. Maybe you don't necessarily agree with what I'm going to say today and even what I've already said. That's fine. Hit the like button anyway. Just tell me just tell me that you like me <laughs> and, and that you want to think through these things with me. Uh, and who knows? Maybe you'll convince me in the chat. Whew, maybe that's it. You'll change Dean's point of view uh, from a certain point of view. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and if you're new to the channel, think about subscribing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, also, Friday, I'm going to be doing a Bible Rhythms video. I've decided I, I, I made a you know, quick change on Friday morning. I was realizing after, you know, this is YouTube. Let me talk for, about YouTube for a second, then we're going to dive into Scripture. If you have a Bible and you're wanting to follow along, you can go to Luke 22. That's where we're going to be in just a second. Um, but a little bit about YouTube. I'm still trying to figure out like this algorithm thing. And even as I say it, I know that's probably not a good thing that you're not supposed to say it, um, but I did. So, eh. um, <laughs> but I'm still trying to figure out like the rhythms that I need to have in my weekly content to be able to uh, just really get the best result. You know, uh, anyone who's on this platform wants people to watch their videos and I want people to watch my videos, too. Um, so I, I'm not going like if a video performs badly, like I had a video last week about children's safety. And that was really answering a question that came, uh, from last week's Theo live. Um, it didn't do well and that's fine. Um, but you know, if something like that's going to happen, I need to be a little careful about having, cause I know the Bible rhythms video is not going to do well. Uh, it's more of something that's a passion project for me. And I think it would actually be helpful for, uh, the audience that I've accumulated over the last two and a half months or so, some of the things that I see there, uh, I think we all need to be in the word more. And so I want to help with that. And so uh, I realize that it's not going to get, you know, a thousand views. So I'm trying to figure out what would be like the best rhythm to have, which is kind of a theme, I guess, with my channel, Bible rhythms, um, but the kind of rhythm that I need to have in the content that I produce. So every other week, is when I'm going to drop a new Bible rhythms or at least uh, live stream a new uh, Bible rhythms video. So this Friday I'll be I'll be doing another one of those. So if you're interested in that, be on the lookout. Maybe make some time Friday morning, 10 a.m. Uh, CST. Yeah. Um, but let's look at what the Bible has to say about gun control. So. I want to go over here uh, to Luke 22, and I want us to consider some of the reasons why, like, 
the the general reasons that I hear most often uh, about people owning guns. Now, the first one, uh, and I think it was Sealy that brought it up, and there's probably you know so many others percentage wise that would fall into that category um, of owning a weapon like that. And I'm going to sneeze. I can feel it coming. Am I going to? I think I will eventually. All right. Yep. This is a live stream. All right. So, um, uh, self-defense, why people own a gun. Most people would say so that I can protect myself and the ones I love. So I want us to consider some things that the Bible says then about self-defense. Now, an interesting passage in this is here in Luke 22, uh, starting at verse uh, 36. Then he said to them, but now whoever has a money bag should take it. And you can see the red there. So we're talking about Jesus saying this. Uh, and also a traveling bag. And whoever doesn't have a sword should sell his robe and buy one. For I tell you, what is written must be fulfilled in me, and he was counted among the lawless. Yes, what is written about me is coming to its fulfillment. Uh, so I'm not going to go to every scripture passage that talks about um, uh, self-defense. This isn't a fundamentalist sermon. Uh, that's what they do. <laughs> Throwing a little bit of shade this morning. Um, but that's usually what they do. They just go and list a whole bunch of different verses. I'm not doing that. But there are tons of Bible verses that you can look at and talk about self-defense. The Bible is pro-self-defense. Um, you, as, as a person created in the image of God, have uh, an innate right to protect yourself. And here, Jesus is talking about, all right, if you got a money bag, uh, you should go and sell your jacket, sell your robe, and buy a sword. Uh, the reason why you would have a sword would be to protect yourself. And especially, um, you know, if you're talking about like certain traveling routes uh, here in Israel, there would always be people, robbers who were just, you know, lined up on the, on the, the pathway and they would rob people. So when you were traveling, it was essential that you protect yourself. And here Jesus is saying that if you have money, in other words, something valuable that people will want, then you need to have a way to defend yourself. And that way, back then, was a sword. So, the Bible is very clear that we are to be able to defend ourselves and our goods. That's why he's talking about the money. Now, uh, when it comes to that, there's some things that uh, I think we need to discuss. The first being um, that... A sword is a little bit different than a gun. Uh, a sword, yes, its intended purpose is to harm, um, but it is not the exact same. It, 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 we can't use it as a direct equivalent to talk about you know, any weapon. Um, I, th I think it was James earlier who was bringing up, you know, I can't own a grenade, but I can own... Uh, you know, an AK-47 or some kind of powerful firearm. Um, there has to be some kind of limit uh, to, to that, of what kind of weapon you could use. And here, uh, actually, Jesus gives a limit. You know, a lot of people take this first part and they say, okay, well, the Bible is pro-self-defense, so I can own a gun. But look what happens. Verse 38, Lord, they said, look, here are two swords. And Jesus says, that is enough, he told them. Don't, everyone doesn't need a sword. You know, you're going in a traveling party. You got two swords between this party. That is good enough. That's what Jesus says. So Jesus says that there is at least some kind of a limit uh, of uh, amount of weapons that one requires in order to be safe and defend themselves. Uh, so I think... That is important when we come into this conversation about self-defense, that we understand that there is such a thing as, pardon the term, but overkill uh, when it comes into this issue of self-defense. Two swords at his time was enough. Now, I do also want to say, uh, you know, talking about like, it's not an exact equivalence between a sword and a gun. A gun's intended purpose is to destroy. Uh, 
like completely, <laughs> like especially when you get into some of these really high powerful, like uh, I don't even know like the direct terminology for for everything, but some of these like crazy looking weapons, uh, they are extremely powerful and probably way too powerful. Um, but I also want to say in that, you know, when you're talking about self-defense, like Celie brought up, you know, being a single woman and wanting a way to protect herself, um, most thieves, if, if we're talking about your home or whether you're out and about and someone comes to, um, most of the time, like you, you don't have someone just coming in and, you know, coming into maybe your workplace or someplace like that. Uh, most of the time when we're talking about these issues of self-defense, it's about the home and being able to defend yourself. Um, now, most thieves are only really wanting things. Uh, they're not coming in to harm you. Uh, if you turn on the lights, they're going to run away. The, all the stats will tell you that that is the vast majority. But there are times when you need to brandish a weapon. Here's a quote from the gun, uh, gun owners of America. Of the 2.5 million times citizens use their guns, so this is specifically about the United States, and I'm really going to focus on the United States. This is talking, you know, I know I'm, I'm in Canada right now, but I am an American. Of the 2.5 million times citizens use their guns to defend themselves every year, the overwhelming majority merely brandish their gun or fire a warning shot to scare off their attackers. Less than 8% of the time, a citizen kills or wounds his or her attacker. So the vast majority of the time, 92% of the time, brandishing a weapon, and in this case, a gun, will be enough to scare off anyone, whether it's coming into the home or whether it's somewhere out in the world, brandishing that weapon, just showing that you have one is enough of a deterrent to keep people away from you uh, who would try to do you harm. So I would say that in this case, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to have a gun for self-defense, uh, then I would say that that would be biblical. Um, now I don't, uh, and I have reasons why that I'll talk about in a minute, but, uh, for anyone who would have a gun for that reason for self-defense, uh, I would say that's a biblical reason. You're totally within the bounds of, uh, Christian orthodoxy and, and, uh, just biblical integrity. <laughs> like you're, you're totally righteous in that position of being able to defend yourself. Now, as I said, there is a limit to that. You know, if you have, you know, crazy weapons, um, and you're saying all of these, all of these 36 weapons that I have are for self-defense, I would say, what? <laughs> like, you're not going to use all 36 of those. Uh, you're not going to have, one, the time, uh, two, not the arms, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you can bear arms, but you can't bear that many arms at the same time. Uh, so I would say those kinds of reasons uh, would be something different than self-defense. If someone has a firearm um, for self-defense, that I, I believe is totally understandable. And I don't know what the number is as far as saying, like, this is the number that it would be for self-defense. And this is, you know, once you get past that number, um, you know, now you're talking about something else. But I do believe that there is a certain point that you're no longer talking about self-defense. And either you're looking at it as a hobby uh, or a collection. Um, and I, I have different thoughts about that that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but another passage that I want us to look at is Matthew 5, because this is where I'm going to be a little bit different. The reason why I don't have a gun uh, for self-defense, like I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, uh, I have three sons and a wife, and I love them all dearly. Um, but I don't own a gun, uh, not for self-defense, not for hunting, not for anything. Now, I'm not a hunter. I'll say, I'll say that much. I am not an outdoorsman. I grew up in like just North of Seattle and I'm a city boy and I like doing city things. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm not someone who's going to go and just be like, I'm going to hunt some deer. Everyone around here does that. Uh, where I'm at now is a very rural area, but I don't hunt 
And so the only other reason for me, uh, and I'm not interested in guns as a hobby, uh, which again, I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but the only other reason would be for self-defense. And I don't do that because I have some biblical reasons, some biblical applications for why. And one of them is here in Matthew chapter five, verse 38. You have heard it said, um, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away from, from uh, take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Now, I do want to state right off the bat, it is not like... The interpretation of this passage that should lead someone uh, to saying, well, you should never defend yourself. Uh, that's not what Jesus is saying here. Um, but he is saying if you're going to suffer, um, you know, at the hands of someone else, um, go beyond in the suffering where it is appropriate. Now, most of these cases here, you know, we're talking about a slap. We're not talking about a gun. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm not saying if you don't apply the same idea that I do from this, that you're wrong. Um, but the way that I apply this is thinking through this issue and putting myself into that question. Uh, you know, like the classic scenario of someone coming into my house and wanting to steal something, they can have it. They can have whatever they want. Um, now, if they're going to harm my family, then I'm going to have to do something about that. Uh, but if they come in and they're trying to steal my computer or my expensive YouTube equipment, although I don't have a second camera like John Adams, I watched a tiny little bit of your video. I was like, wait, what? He has, he has a new camera. I need to finish the video after, but... I'm just saying YouTube is expensive. <laughs> if someone wants to steal this stuff though, then they can have it. Like I'm going to get my family up in my room and I'm going to call the authorities and, you know, I'll protect my family as best as I can. But you know, if you're going to come in and try to take something from me, I'm going to let you take that thing. Um, now I'm not going to invite people in. I'm going to lock the doors, <laughs> you know, every night I lock all the doors uh, actually I keep all the doors locked because I grew up, um, in the worst neighborhood in Washington state for crime. Uh, there were certain words that we used back in the nineties to refer to it, but, um, I don't think that's really appropriate now. Words change. Um, but I've always locked all my doors. So, and I've always had to defend myself. Now I will, I will say there have been instances in my life where I, I have had, actually it's right up over there. I, I carry a knife with me. Um, now, not all the time, especially not now. It's a different area that I live in. I live, I live in what used to be now they've renamed the, the town, but I live in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Okay. So, um, people talk about, you know, in town about, uh, violence and, you know, criminal activity. And I always just kind of giggle because it's just, this is the friendly city. Um, there's not a lot that happens here. <laughs> and, um, so I don't, I don't carry the knife now, but when I was growing up, I had a knife on me and it came in handy a couple times. Um, you know, I didn't have to get at anyone, but just brandishing a weapon. Sometimes that helps. Um, and like, for instance, my dad was mugged literally a block from my house across the street is known as murder field where I grew up. So, um, yeah. So sometimes having a weapon is good, but, um, I would say like to what degree, cause here's, here's where I get at. This is like the big thing for me. I look at this thing and all right, someone comes into my house and they want to harm me or my family. And I have a gun. Uh, I shoot them. Uh, they die. What is happening to that soul? Uh, that is, that is incredibly awful for me. Uh, I, I can't even imagine, uh, how I would feel about myself 
and this is again, just personal. Um, but I don't know if I would be able to get over that, that I sent someone to hell like that. That's what would happen. Most likely if someone's robbing you, they're probably not a Christian. Although Christians can do some really wicked things as we've seen with the SBC lately. Um, but most likely they're not a Christian. And so I have a really difficult time thinking about that idea. Now, I will also say that there are other ways that you can defend yourself. Now, maybe this doesn't work for everyone. Um, you know, I'm a big guy. Uh, I'm pretty strong. And I've, I've been in my fair share of fights, you know, growing up. Like I said, murder field across the street. <laughs> so I, I, I've learned how to defend myself pretty early on in life. And I grew up with five sisters. So that tells you. And I was the only boy uh, for a long time. Uh, so that, that probably tells you enough that, uh, I had to defend myself quite a bit growing up. Um, but you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in um, you know, my ability to take on someone, uh, just physically. Uh, but also I do have a weapon that, uh, is right next to my bed that I use. Um, when it comes to like, if I heard a sound, I grab it and that is my Louisville slugger. Uh, I was, uh, an all-star in little league and I know how to use a bat. <laughs> and so that's the weapon that I have now. Uh, could my weapon do the same thing as a gun and kill someone? Yes, it can. It is far less likely to happen. And to me, that is a huge relief knowing that I probably can defend myself because I am brandishing a weapon. Anyone who sees a bat coming at them, um, unless they have a gun in hand, which is not likely, uh, then they probably will scare off. Um, and if I do have to use that bat, it is probably not going to have that same result. And that is something that is important to me because I don't want to send someone who doesn't believe in Jesus to hell. And I'm, I'm not saying that that is purposeful for someone who would be in that situation. Uh, but for me, I don't know. I don't know if I could get over that, to be honest. Uh, that That's horrifying to me. And yes, I understand you'd also be defending your family, um, but uh, I think it would be far less likely of having to deal with that scenario if you have some other kind of weapon. Um, I see a lot of interaction. I'm going to continue, guys, uh, but keep on hopping in the chat, and uh, I'll try to pick some out later. And star some favorite some as we move on in this conversation, because I do have actually, I I have a time limit today. Um, now, another reason uh, that I I hear a lot of people who say, "Well, I have I have a, a gun, I have a firearm," um, and here's my reason why is because of the government and the fear of government. Um, and with this, this is one that has always gotten me in trouble wherever I go. Um, let me, let me go to the scripture passage first. All right. Romans 13. Uh, now if you, you probably know this passage because it's been so popular over the last couple of years with everything with the pandemic, let everyone submit to the governing authorities since there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So then the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the one in authority do what is good and you will have its approval for it is God's servant for your good but if you do wrong be afraid because it does not carry the sword for no reason for it is God's servant an avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong therefore you must submit not only because of wrath but also because of your conscience and for this reason you pay taxes uh, since the authorities are God's servants continually attending to these tasks, pay your obligations to everyone, taxes to those who owe taxes, tolls to those who, uh, you owe tolls, respect to those you owe respect, and honor to those you owe honor. Now, this scripture passage is super important when it comes to this idea of people owning weapons because they are fearful of the government. 
because at some point the government might turn against you and you need to defend yourself against that government. Now, as a Christian, this is one that is, uh, I, I just don't think it holds water. Uh, and uh, like I, I look at it and I see so many Christians who say these kinds of things. Um, and a lot of them point to the founding fathers and, um, you know, the, the Revolutionary War and uh, preachers at that time who were calling people to fight in this Revolutionary War and fight against Great Britain and uh, the, the king and all the taxation and all that kind of stuff. Now, I know that it is a popular view, but just because something is a popular view doesn't make it biblical. And this one I do not believe is biblical. Everywhere in scripture, uh, we do not see Christians being told to um, be prepared to fight the government. Nothing. Uh, the only instances that we have in relationship to violence in the government are instances of Jesus suffering, um, uh, of people fleeing from the government. We see that. Uh, but we never see anything about fighting the government. Jesus says um, that if my kingdom was of this world, then my followers would pick up swords, but it is not. Uh, we don't see anywhere in Scripture where Christians are called to rebel against the government. Don't see it. Now, uh, I, I know because <laughs> I remember going to a very conservative Christian school and... Uh, having these arguments and getting yelled at quite a bit from people being like, ah, oh, you just don't understand. You live in an ideal world. Well, I live in a world that's ruled by scripture and I just don't see any biblical reason why a Christian should fight the government. Um, now I see biblical reason for why the Christian should not obey the government, but that's very different. It is one thing to not obey the government. You know, if the government tells you to do something that violates scripture, you're not to obey. You are to defy that government. Um, but in defiance of the government, that doesn't mean that you say, hey, government, I'm defying you right now. You just go on your merry Christian way and continue following scripture. And if you have consequences for that, then you suffer those consequences for Christ for his sake, for his glory. Um, we are not called anywhere in scripture to fight the government. Now, if it comes to this thing of, uh, let's say the government starts uh, for any reason, I don't know what kind of reason, but if the government were to start rounding up people, whatever reason why, ethnicity, uh, religious beliefs, I don't know and they start rounding up your family. Well, can you go and protect your family, get them out? Yes, as best you can. But that is not the same as, you know, going and arming yourself and fighting a war against that ruling government. Does that mean that the, the colonies were wrong? For me, yes. Yeah, that's, that's my view, and it's not popular. <laughs> It's popular up here. <laughs> I'll say that as I bang the microphone. Um, <laughs> it's very popular up here in Canada. <laughs> um, when when I tell people that, they always they always are so surprised that an American thinks that, and I've always thought that. And uh, you know this this like even in uh, the musical Hamilton, uh, there is you know there there's like a preachers talking about how you know we need to defy this government taxation without representation you know all that kind of stuff and then there's that one preacher who's like no we are called to obey and they're like boo and they make fun of him and all of that that's me i get it <laughs> so, but uh i don't you know when it comes to like if if that government is trying to kill you um then then there's something about self-defense um but self-defense doesn't mean, oh, I don't like the taxes or I don't agree with the political agenda here. You are called to obey the government. 
and uh, where it violates scripture, you can violate uh, that law of the land if you're following after God. Um, but that's very different than fighting a war against the government or being fearful of the government. In this passage, we don't see anything about fearing the government other than that it is, uh, you know, the the justice that uh, the government can uh, execute. That it, it is an avenger for God. And so in a way that we, we are to be fearful of the government when it comes to those things, if you do wrong, there's going to be consequences. Um, but if you do right and you obey the government, you live a peaceable life. We are to do everything, right? That's what he says uh, in the previous chapter, right? That's in Romans 12, uh, that we are to live at peace with all men, do everything we can to live at peace. Um, now, if you find yourself in the middle of a civil war and uh, you haven't picked a side and you're just like, I don't, I don't know what to do, uh, I would say that would be a good time to just head into the hills. Uh, I'm not a pacifist necessarily. I do believe that, you know, Christians can go and uh, fight in wars for the government, you know, go and be a part of the army. I think that is biblical. I think that is righteous. We see that with David. We see that in, all over in the Old Testament specifically. Um, so I think that that's righteous and that would be a different category than what we're discussing just as civilians living our lives. Um, but that's my view. Uh, I do not believe that we should revolt against the government because we're not called to in scripture. We're called to obey. Um, now, uh, once again, I always am in the minority on that position, especially, you know, I know my analytics. Most people who are watching me are from the United mm -hmm. States and, uh, you know, the United States, like they really love, you know, the founding fathers and, a lot of people don't think critically about them except for Jefferson with him cutting up the Bible. No one likes that, but that's just, that's just my view. Let's see what some of you guys are saying. Uh, I see puny giant hopping in quite a bit. Uh, the peasant revolt is not good, but I would also recommend the book, uh, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate by Matthew J. Truella for a more balanced view. Yeah, uh, I'll have to look that up. Uh, Seely, if the government started rounding up into concentration camps, that would be a time to fight. Yes, I would say if, you know, self-defense. You can, you can defend yourself against the government when it's coming to kill you, you know, or put you into a concentration camp. For example, um, during World War II, I think it would have been biblical and right for the Jews to defend themselves uh, when certain groups, I'm not going to say because of YouTube, um, would come and try to haul them into concentration camps. Uh, but this whole thing of just like, like the idea of a civil war that was focused on politics and Christians rebelling against an established government because of politics, um, I don't see that as scriptural. Um, but I understand where you come from. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about this other one. This other reason that a lot of people say for, you know, makes it biblical and right for them to own guns, because after all, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Uh, this is the kind of, and it's not always put that way, but that, that phrase, that idea, uh, is one that, Oh man, it really gets me going because it, to me, it's a very ignorant view. Um, now if you've used that before, I don't mean to be overly harsh. Um, but, uh, the, the idea that guns are just like the mechanism, I've heard that before too, that guns are the mechanism. Sin is the real problem. I mean, it's accurate in a way like it's true. Like a gun sitting on its own isn't going to kill somebody. Um, you know, it has to be used. But that's why we have a government. That's why we have laws is to curtail, like as we just read in Romans 13, to curtail sin, to curb it, to give something for it to come up against and say, no, you cannot go farther than this. And so, yes, we do have a sin problem. But 
that weapon, depending on, like and I've already said, for self-defense and to a certain extent, I, I do believe that it is biblical for someone to defend themselves with a firearm. So like, just keep that in mind. Um, but to say, well, you know, like when it comes to these school shootings and these horrible things, and people often say, well, now's not the time. Uh, and this is really why I wanted to make this video because you can't keep saying that. You can't keep saying that every time that there's a, a massacre and just saying, now's not the time to talk about this. Well, when is the time? Because there's so many massacres these days and there's so many horrific events. You know, how long are you not allowed to talk about it? And so, all right, well, now we got another one. And now we, you know, we got to start this timer all over again. There has to be at some point a timer of being like, all right, it is appropriate to talk about this thing because we don't want it to happen again. And again, on both sides, I understand no one wants this to happen again. Um, but there does need to be some serious conversations in the United States about gun control in some aspects. So the idea of people saying, well, sin is the real problem, theologically that's accurate, but practically that doesn't make any sense. Uh, because you're you're really saying that anything can be used uh, as I don't, I don't what phrase you would want to use for it, but you know it's not it's not sin in itself, right? Like it's a tool that the weapons are tools, and so it's it's not sinful on its own. It's only used as a sin by others. Well, that could be anything. A car is a tool. It's a transport. It's a vehicle that you can use uh, to go from point A to point B, go to work, to home, back again, go to the store, all of that. It's a good thing on its own. But that car can be used as a weapon if it's going the wrong way on a street, right? Like we, we know that there's common sense things to this that... Um, you know, if something is being misused to hurt others, even if it's a good thing, then the government is there to step in and draw out some barriers and say, okay, you can use this, but you have to go this way now. And you have to wear a seatbelt while you do that. Um, and, and this is the case for anything. Um, speed limits, <laughs> you know, like you, you could really talk about anything that there's government restrictions on. The reason why is to usually, you know, sometimes there's other things going involved politically with lobbyists and what they want done and all that kind of stuff. But specifically, I'm talking about when it comes to safety. Um, so there are barriers that the government puts into place to curb our sin. And those things are good and righteous for a government to do because that's what God has ordained for that government to do. That it, when you do wrong, it is there for consequences. And, and so it does have a right to put some limitations on what we as citizens, wherever you're, you're at, whether you're in Canada, United States, all over the world, there are certain restrictions that you have in your country about what you can do. And yes, that does impact your freedom in some ways, but we don't have unlimited freedom. We just don't, because if we did, then I'd be able to go to the store and get whatever I want and not have to pay. That's ultimate freedom for me, <laughs> but I do have to pay. There are certain restrictions. There are common sense restrictions. And so when we're talking about this idea and people use the phrase of guns don't kill people, people kill people, it is accurate, but also uh, there are things that we can do to limit what people who are sinners can do against other people uh, who in that case of like personal justice are innocent. They haven't done anything. Um, now with that, I will also say that the, that the idea of, all right, well, the real problem is sin is theologically accurate. Oh, sorry. Uh, didn't mean to hit that. Um, but it's theologically accurate, but it's not a real-world solution in that. I think all of us would agree, even me as a Calvinist, uh, I would agree that not everyone will choose to believe in Jesus, right? Uh, 
Not everyone does. Um, would I want everyone to? Of course. Um, but not everyone will. And so when you say that the real problem is sin and you use that as saying like there's nothing we can do about it, or at least there's very little that we should do about it, and that's sometimes what people mean by this. No, other times maybe not. But when they do that, um, they're really saying that the only solution is the gospel. Now, is the gospel like the best solution? Of course. Of course, to believe the gospel is the best solution uh, for our sin problem, of course. But not everyone will believe. Not everyone will repent. So what about them? Are we just powerless to do something against the evil that these people do to others? I don't think so. Now, is this something that will, you know, limit your freedom? Yes. But is it worth it? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, that's really the question, isn't it? I don't mean to be overly sentimental or to use emotions as a weapon in this conversation, but we want children to live, right? Like, for me, I look at it and say whatever it takes. Now, again, it's not my hobby. You know, collecting guns is my hobby, and I don't need one for self-defense. Um, and I have, like, I don't have that same fear of government that maybe others do. So for me, it doesn't make any sense. But for those who do have firearms, you can still have those firearms. Now, maybe there are some of those firearms that you don't need to have. Uh, earlier, we were talking about some of these bigger weapons, more powerful weapons, semi-automatic weapons. And again, I'm not someone who knows every detail about weapons and firearms. I don't really care. It's not my thing. I would much rather talk about theology and comic books. But um, <laughs> uh, someone was talking about firearms and how they use them for hunting and for... Um, you know, for practice and all of that. Do you need some of these ones? Like some of these ones that are being used when it comes to these, these school shootings specifically, like what we saw in Evalde, Texas at Robb elementary school. Um, do you, do you need these kinds of weapons? Um, I don't think so. Like, again, I'm taking the approach that you don't need to have a weapon just in case the government comes to get you and or you need to fight a, a civil war. Um, I'm not taking that position. But I don't believe that you need those kinds of weapons. Um, for me, like, the weapons that you would need would be for self-defense or for hunting. Um, now... Like, I do think that there's something to the effect of being like a hobbyist that you enjoy. You think they're, they're, um, I don't want to say cool, but you think that they're useful and you want to, you want to have different kinds of weapons. I understand that to an extent, um, but they're not toys. And I'm not trying to say that those who would have more weapons are saying that they're toys and that they're frivolous, but you know, I think that there are some limitations that we should probably have when it comes to these bigger weapons that are doing more harm in the world. Um, you know, we do have restrictions when it comes to handguns, and those are good. And I think that a lot of people understand that. They, they want those restrictions of uh, being able to have, um, you know, some kind of uh, concealed weapon. Like, you have to have a permit for that. And I think that's reasonable. And what I'm what I'm just saying is I think that there should be more reasonable laws when it comes to some of these bigger weapons. Um, because theologically, uh, self-defense and provision are, are really the two reasons that I see in Scripture for someone owning a weapon. Uh, so self-defense... As we looked at that, that, that quote, um, 8% of the time, 
is when you actually need to fire a weapon when it comes into that issue of self-defense. 92% of the time, just brandishing a weapon is going to stop people from trying to harm you or to rob you or whatever. Uh, so can you do that with a rifle? Like a, just a normal rifle, not something that's like super powerful, that's semi-automatic, that, you know, gets off so many bullets in a certain amount of time. Could you just do that with a normal rifle that you would take hunting? I believe you can. Uh, now, even the, like, if you take courses and you have a handgun, I'm okay with that when it comes to self-defense. Because these weapons are not the kind of weapons that you can, that are designed to kill as many things in as little time as possible. Um, you don't need that when you go hunting um, in general. Now, maybe maybe a bear attack or something like someone will come with that kind of a story and say, oh, <laughs> bear attack. Um, you needed that weapon. It's very rare. Um, so I, I would say that there should be some barriers that the government puts into place. And while theologically, yes, sin is the real problem, what we see in the world and how people are acting in sinful ways the government does have a right to curtail that, to curb that, and to put certain restrictions in place. And you might not like it, and people might not be happy about it. But, I mean, if it saves one kid, right? Like I, like I said at the beginning, I think people on all sides, they want to... They, they want kids to live. <laughs> no one is apathetic in this. Um, or at least people have like, just a good heart but uh let's see oh look at that we got ruslan in the house ars are rifles they fire just like handguns they account for less than one percent of total gun deaths raising the age limit to 21 is the most reasonable solution in my opinion and the rifle ban of the 90s was described as inconsequential to gun violence per uh, department of justice i'm assuming was doj uh, and there, he's getting some agreement there. And pistols are semi-automatic. ARs are no different than most hunting rifles. Well, if they're no different, then fine. Um, but I think we've seen some of these uh, these instances uh, where more powerful weapons were used. And I'm saying, like, I don't, I don't know what. Again, I don't know guns. Okay, <laughs> like. Uh, it's not my thing, but you know, if there are more powerful weapons being used or even if different kinds of weapons, if there's a particular kind of weapon that is being used in these instances more often, I do believe that the government has a biblical mandate, uh, not mandate, uh, a right to, to curb that. And if it can help, then try it. And you know, you referenced even like the nineties thing that uh that it didn't work okay well we tried it and i think at this point like i think we're all okay with trying just a few things you know see if it works if not you know they'll still be there in a couple years and we can see whether it worked or not um but i appreciate you hopping in the chat ruslan and showing i, I saw you tweeting some things too uh that were similar so i know you're doing some research um let's see michael s most hunting rifles are, aren't semi-auto and don't have 30 round mags. Okay. Um, and puny giant, it's not about the power. It's about the capacity. Most hunting rifles are actually more powerful than the AR. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think I would agree with that because we're like my, the main thing is about like the speed of it, right? Um, we want that to be as slow a process as possible of, uh, you know, being able to fire and uh, then having to reload all of those things. We want that to take as much time as possible so people can run uh, so that, you know, um, the police can hop into the conversation and actually do something unlike unlike this latest one. I don't own an AR, by the way, but I have tons of friends who do. They do look scary, but don't fire any different. In the South, 30 mags can be put 
on handguns. The dangerous part is a switch fully auto. No idea what that means, <laughs> but I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah. All right. Well, if it's like whatever that weapon is, like that's what I'm saying, whatever the weapon is, whether, you know, for whatever reason it's being used, if it is a specific weapon and if it's like more powerful, it's more, you know, just, uh, quicker, uh, that it's able to get as many bullets out as possible. I think that there, there are biblical things that can be put onto, uh, biblical restrictions that we could put on that for the government to say, Hey, you know, we need to curtail this a little bit. Maybe, maybe this specific weapon shouldn't be one that's on the market. Or it shouldn't be one that hobbyists have because you never know who can get a hold of that and all of those kinds of things. That's my position. So, have I solved all the problems in the world? Obviously not, because I see some dislikes. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys listening to me. And maybe, just maybe, there were a few things I talked about in this stream, um, this hour-long stream uh, that would be something for you to consider. These are my positions. Like the main reasons why people own guns for me, it doesn't add up. Um, now that's a personal decision. As, as I said, for self-defense, I'm totally behind that for hunting. I'm totally behind that to an extent like Jesus put a barrier two swords is enough, uh, that they're, you know, maybe certain types of firearms are, too much. So, um, self-defense. Yes. Fear of government. No, I don't, I don't believe that the government, like, I don't believe that we have any kind of a biblical mandate to rebel against the government in any case, uh, to defend ourselves against the government. Sure. But to fight a civil war against that government is something else. Um, so that I would say, no, and then, yes, sin is the real problem, but I do believe that there are things that we can do to curb those sinful desires and the sinful desires of others and uh, sinful desires that mixed with, you know, some mental illness and things like that, some radicalization. Um, I think that that's important. Um, so still a lot of dialogue happening in the chat. Um, let's see. Totally bad guys will modify guns. They don't follow gun laws. Sure. But <laughs> I don't mean to keep on arguing with you, man. Uh, but I will say like bad guys will do bad guy things. But I mean, when we're talking about a lot of these things, we're not talking about bad, bad guys. Now, there's evil there, but I'm, I'm saying we're not talking about like career criminals. We're talking about people who are mentally unstable, who are totally depraved sin, sinfully and mentally unstable and doing awful things. Um, most, most of the time out of, out of some kind of passion of something that happened recently for them. Um, so if it stops them, from getting whatever kind of weapon it might be, uh, then I think that's that's really what we're talking about. Criminals, career cr criminals will do whatever. They will, they'll find ways around things and modify things, sure. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, I appreciate that, man. I try to be. Um, uh, Michael S. I disagree because that isn't true anywhere else in the world. I think that that's in reference to what someone else said. Uh, and then everyone else has it figured out how to keep guns out of criminal hands. We have not for some reason. Yeah. Um, it's, it's sad to watch it from afar now, you know, as, as someone who isn't in the United States anymore. Um, I said this the other day and I don't mean to sound like, I think I tweeted it. Like I, I don't mean to sound glib. I don't mean to sound condescending, but I am so thankful. So thankful to God that my, that my kids go to school in Canada and not the United States. 
Um, while we do have a lot of issues up here and even racial stuff going on with First Nations uh, people, um, we don't have the same um, things going on specifically with firearms and schools. And I thank God for that. And I think a lot of people around the world are looking at the United States and wondering, like, why does this keep happening? And I think that when you look around the world and see other places don't have this issue, I think that you do have to, at the end of the day, like look in the mirror and say, like, what are we doing wrong? And and I say that as an American, um, like there there has to be something done, right? Like if everyone else is not having this problem, then every place has their own problems, but uh, not that specific problem. And it's a really bad problem. So maybe something should be done. Um, but yeah. All right. Uh, so I solved all the problems and, um, now you are all holding the same position as me as this, <laughs> with this issue. No, of course not, but that's all right. I hope that I gave you some things to think about when it came to scripture. That's my goal on this channel is to help you, um, just give you biblical theology for normal people. So for the average person, the not radical person, here's some biblical theology. So I hope I gave you some things to think about. And I do appreciate everyone who's been hopping into the chat and uh, giving your opinions about different things. It's, I appreciate, you know, the conversation. So keep it going in the comments and I'll interact with you there. And uh, you can tell me how much you disagree with me. It's absolutely fine. I, I, I accept that on my channel, <laughs> you know, just come and you can have a conversation. You can disagree with me all day long, as long as you're nice. And as long as you're kind about it, that's, that's what I care about. All right. So I will see you on, I think probably Wednesday. I'll probably drop another video and then Friday, uh, Bible rhythms, 10 AM CST. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday. I'll see you next time, guys.